0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, as today we will continue on with our ongoing State of the Media Market series of conversations. I am joined today by Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kathleen, there's plenty to talk about within the space. I know you're joined today by a special guest from Allspring Global Investments. I'll pass it over to you to provide some introductions and to lead today's conversation. So with that, Kathleen, welcome back. I'll pass it over to you.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. And um, thank you, Nick Vendetti, for joining me today for this conversation on the municipal bond market during these interesting times. Nick is a senior portfolio manager on the municipal fixed income team with Allsprings. We certainly have a lot to talk about with respect to municipal bonds. Let's talk a little bit about um, the first half of 2023, the performance. Um and how that stacked up relative to your expectations at the beginning of the year. Were there any surprises?
0: I don't think so. It's it's been pretty good and we were relatively bullish on munis coming into the year. I think we remain bullish, which I know we're gonna get into, but ultimately twenty twenty two as as we all know was a bloodbath. But we sure felt it was even like, Yeah, <laughs> given given the move in interest rates the dramatic move in interest rates that we saw munis looked very attractive on an absolute basis and certainly on a relative basis and that was doubly true if you were in one of the upper tax brackets and so we're we're pleased with how munis are performed and we think the the performance is likely going to continue throughout the rest of the year and maybe longer than that oh well,
1: wow. yeah that's um I'm glad to hear that. Um, if, I, if I look to see total return performance, you know, year to date, I see, you know, munis are up a little more than 3% and, you know, treasury securities are up a little more than 1%. So going forward in the, um, in the second half, um, you are looking for munis to perform well?
0: We are. Yeah, look, I think, you know, it's important that, that your listeners understand that a portion of that 3% is tax exempt. Right. So when you when you do the tax equivalent, that that juices that number even more aggressively and I think makes munis look even more attractive on a relative basis. Look, for the for the rest of the year, I think munis are poised to continue this performance because I think we live in a volatile world. Equities have have gone off the charts so far year to date, but they've been driven by a handful of stocks. Uh, pulling the market. And the reality is that one, unless we sort of see Terminator robots walking around very shortly, the the AI boom may be a little bit overdone. Um, But two, and more importantly than that, I think we're in for an economic slowdown. Call it soft landing, call it grapes of wrath, depression, wherever you fall on that scale, I think we're poised for that slowdown. And when we see an economic slowdown. That tends to be a less sanguine backdrop for equities. So That leads me to fixed income. And again, I think if you're a 37% taxpayer, if you're looking for solid fundamental credit quality, if you're looking for an asset class that's less correlated to everything than everything, munis look awfully attractive right now. And again, that's on the backdrop with a, a 10-year Treasury that just eclipsed 4% again.
1: Yeah, no, those are all good points, Nick. You know, sometimes we forget when we're talking about total return performance, we forget to remind our listeners about the tax-adjusted performance of munis. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, let's move on a little bit about uh, – let's talk about positioning. Um, you know, what muni sectors at the moment are you finding the best values in for your portfolio? Are you looking at you know, tax facts? Are you looking at revenues, revenue um, enterprise funds, anything in particular that stands out? I think,
0: yeah, absolutely. So I think there are a couple of things that are are important for, for investors to consider when they're looking at muni portfolios. One is that, as I mentioned, I, I'm I'm in the camp of economic slowdown. And when you're in the camp of economic slowdown, the one risk to fixed income portfolios, to municipal bond portfolios, is certainly credit spread widening. I'm less concerned about that in the muni space than I am in the corporate space because muni revenue streams, they tend to hold up better, right? You know that intimately, intimately, if you own a house, right? You've seen the value of your house appreciate over the last several years. And your local assessor has been quick, quick on the draw to send you new and improved property tax bills, Believe me when I tell you that when your house declines in value, your local assessor will be much, much slower to send you lower property tax bills. But those realities exist. And so we have been a little bit more focused on lower beta sectors, if you will, right? A little bit higher quality, uh, GOs, essential service, that type of thing and we've been avoiding, at least on the margin, some of the stuff that's a little bit higher beta that may be more impacted by an economic slowdown than some of those kind of more vanilla issuances.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, Nick. Me being a homeowner out here on the east end of Long Island, I know exactly what you're talking about with the property taxes <laughs> going up. And certainly I, I never see them uh sliding down or even staying staying uh staying put. Um so that's a good point. Um yeah, and uh, we in, in CIO we, we agree with you. We are we are focused on the um, the uh, high quality muni sectors at the moment as well. Um, let's talk about the yield curve. You know, it's obviously you know very unusual for the muni curve to actually be inverted, and uh, that is what we're dealing with uh, at the moment. The high grade muni yield curve, anyway. So against that background, backdrop, excuse me. I mean, how do you think investors should be positioned?
0: Yeah, the curve is wonky shaped, right? I, I think that's the technical financial definition <laughs> for a curve that looks like this. And but to your point, it's, it's very, at least academically, exciting. It's, it's really the first time in history that the Muni curve has been inverted to the extent that it's inverted today. And, and so academically, that's great. Uh, practically, it, it leads to the question you asked, how, how do investors approach that? And I think Ultimately, you have to be cognizant of a couple of things. Number one is, look, people generally are excited about duration. And I I sort of agree with that mindset. Look, duration as a risk got cheaper. And when risk gets cheaper, you should take more risk. But but you have to be cognizant of how you're getting that risk. And in a world like the Muni world, where you can go out and buy a 20-year bond that yields 95% as much as a 30-year bond, but only has 80% of the duration risk, that's a good trade. You should do that trade over and over and over again. So look, I'm in favor of adding duration on the margins, but you shouldn't add duration by buying portions of the curve that are heavily inverted. Buy 20s instead of 30s, step into that duration incrementally, prudently, pick kind of your favorite adverb.
1: Yeah, thanks for that uh, explanation. You know, we've been talking quite a bit about that ourselves, um, specifically talking about value in that 20-year range. Um, so while we realize that it's, it's kind of hard to get uh, people out of those short-dated bonds and cash entirely, we've been talking about barbell portfolio you know keeping some short but not not all of it short and really taking uh, a look at those opportunities in the in the 20 year area and um you know reinvestment risk is something that we've been talking to our listeners about so is that something that you've been uh, educating people on like you know they, they're just you know people that just want to stay in that short End uh, of the yield curve. That they really need to
0: think about reinvestment risk. Absolutely. Look, I think the, the the biggest Rubik's cube that that financial advisors that investors are trying to solve right now is what do we do with the infinite amount of money that's currently mm-hmm. sitting in money market funds? And, and psychologically, that's that's a pretty difficult question to answer. I mean, even even for me personally, who is You know, presumably a market expert, right? I have my own personal portfolio, and and I got burned in 2022. Everyone got burned in 2022, and those scars are still fresh on my arm. And if I can get some big number in a money market fund with no risk, that seems awfully attractive. But I think to your point, it's critically important for investors to consider reinvestment risk, right? Because you don't get 5% unless you reinvest at 5% every day for the next 365 days. And that's likely not going to happen. Money market rates are ephemeral. And investors need to ask themselves right now, hey, do I want to lock in those big yields for the next 90 days? Or do I want to lock them in for the next three, four, five years? Probably today is the day to lock them in for the next three, four, Mm. five years. And to your point, I think it makes a ton, a ton of sense to create kind of a barbell strategy. Look, you can stay ultra short if you want with a portion of that money and get yields that are frankly very, very attractive, especially if you do the the tax equivalency. You can get yields that are roughly equivalent to taxable money markets. And then if you look out a little bit longer in that 20-year space, you get some of that duration. But most importantly, you get in the game. Right, you are on the curve. You are in the game. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot win if you do not play. And and ultimately, I think it's it's the right time for investors to start taking those incremental steps out. And I I couldn't agree with you more. You look at the yield curve, you find where you're getting paid, and you take advantage of those opportunities.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks so much, Nick, for that explanation. Um, that's what we've been talking to a lot of our listeners. About, um, but so it's really great to get your viewpoint there as well. Um, now sticking with risks, I mean, we talk about, you know, duration risk. We just talked uh, about reinvestment risk. Are there any other risks or headwinds to the muni asset class that you're, that's on your radar at the moment, you know, for the balance of the year?
0: You know, I, I think the nice thing about munis is that risk tends to be less aggressive than it is in, in other asset classes. But that doesn't mean that risk doesn't exist. And so, you know, we, we talked about we talked about a slowdown in the economy and the impact that could have on, on credit spreads. I look at credit generally, and I, I think you could make an argument that credit makes sense in here. You can make that argument if you say, hey, unlike the yield curve, the credit curve actually has sort of an upward slope to it. You can make that argument by saying, hey, credit spreads in the muni world, AAA to B's, are at or near their 10-year averages. And so by both of those metrics, credit seems maybe reasonably priced. I would make that argument less aggressively than others. And I would make that argument less aggressively because in spite of the fact that those two things are true, it doesn't change the fact that credit spreads are almost certainly going to widen as the economy slows down and, and not to, to continue to beat that dead horse. But I think ultimately investors are going to get a slightly better opportunity in the coming months to take on more credit risk. I, I'm not sure I would do it, you know, in the end of July, early August, when the muni market tends to be technically much stronger. Uh, so I, I'm not overly excited about high yield today, but I do think that that opportunity is likely to show itself over over the next, call it three, four, six months.
1: Yeah, no, those, those are all good points. Um, yeah, one of the other um, things that we've been talking a little bit about uh, with respect to credit spreads is I think the credit spreads are probably tighter right now than than where they should be just simply because supply has been so low. Do you agree with that point?
0: I do, yes. Yeah. So there's, mm. there's certainly a, a technical tailwind that, that has – that it's helped the muni market from both a demand and supply perspective, right? 2022 was, as we all know, a huge, huge outflow year, um, which, which created, you know, exacerbated losses. Uh, but most of those kind of outflows are gone. We're seeing, you know, mixed flows, you know, on a week by week basis, but, but certainly the market has calmed down from that perspective, but demand demand or Sorry, supply is not kicked back up, right? So we have the demand and no supply and certainly no supply of high yield. And by virtue of that, most of the high yield issuance out there is getting sucked up pretty aggressively. And I I think it's probably inflating the prices of some of that higher than, than it should be.
1: Right, right. I I definitely agree with that. Um so I think that's an important point for investors to think about, you know, that right now you you're getting paid pretty well to to buy high quality munis, right? Um so why not stick with those high quality munis? Um let's go on to um I guess, you know, I you talked about you're you're in the camp of um, you know, economic slowdown. Um obviously, you know, we're Always focused on, you know, monetary policy. What's going to happen here? Um, do you think the Fed is finally done, or are we going to see one or two more rate hikes? <laughs> yeah, I, <geez. laughs> That's uh, a tough one. I, I right? think,
0: yeah, it is, especially at this point in the in the Fed cycle, right? I, I think we may still see one more Fed hike. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not personally in favor of that, but I, I do think the Fed has been. Incredibly transparent around their inflation goals, and any time the market has doubted the Fed over the last 18 months or so, they've gotten kicked in the shin pretty hard um, because the Fed has, has largely come through with what they said they're going to do. And while inflation has come down dramatically, uh, it, it has not—it has not come down anywhere near to, to what their goals are. And I think that. Paired with employment numbers, which remain shockingly strong, uh, I, I think they feel like they have the leeway to for for one more additional rate increase.
1: Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> That's a popular <laughs> topic that we uh, we we have to address no matter what, right? Uh, for sure. So, so, Nick, yeah, right. So, Nick, putting, putting all this together, that we, we talked about the, the rebounds in muni performance that we saw in the first half of 2023, a promising outlook for the balance of, of the year. We talked about the unusual inverted yield curve in the muni space, as well as good opportunities in high-quality munis, particularly at that 20-year maturity point, and particularly on a tax-equivalent basis. Do you have any final thoughts? or municipal bond investors that you'd like to share with us today?
0: Given everything you just laid out, I am really bullish on munis. I I, I think a financial advisor's job, I would say that every day they are trying to solve some very basic equation that looks like X plus Y equals nine, so that their client can eat, so that their client can retire, so that they can send a kid to school, whatever they need that money for. And all of a sudden, you have muni portfolios with reasonable durations and, to your point, very high credit quality that are yielding four. And if you're a 37% taxpayer, four translates to almost six and a half. And if the X in your equation is throwing off six and a half, it takes a lot of pressure off what the Y has to do. And just, just by virtue of that alone, I, I like munis as, from a portfolio construction perspective, from an asset allocation perspective, and certainly for the diversification they provide.
1: Well, well that's great, Nick. Thanks so much. Uh, bullish on munis. I, I think I want to end there with that point. Um, you know, one uh, data point that I was looking at, I guess, the other day is on that taxable equivalent yield basis that you can get um, at least, you know, this you know, 6% or a little bit higher and 6% in that 20-year range for high-quality bonds. And If I look back, the average over the last 15 years was, was only about 5%. So so I think, you know, another reason to be bullish on munis. So um, thanks so much, Nick, for speaking with us today. I greatly appreciate all your insights on the municipal bond market. That's Nick Vanzetti, Senior Portfolio Manager on the Municipal Fixed Income Team with Offspring.
0: Thank you.